I am with Mark Ogushiewicz. The Dead That Live is the short film played at the Chicago Feedback Film Festival. What an interesting film, horror. It's got some dramatic elements to it, but it's really the zombie apocalypse from the zombie perspective. So the zombies have hearts, the zombies have life. Uh, I, I don't, I'm sure, maybe, I don't know, have you seen another perspective like this before? It's obviously a, an original twist on, a, on, a, on the genre. Me? No, I've never seen anything like this before. It's kind of what appealed to me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I think some people have, you know, brought up movies like Warm Bodies and stuff like that. But I think that this is this is much different because it's an all out zombie um, that we're we're relating to. I've never it's what appealed to me about it. It was one of the two things that appealed to me about it was the fact that we were totally seeing a different side of it. It's a zombie movie, yeah. but we're starting to understand maybe the zombies aren't evil. They're just they're like us. They're just trying to survive. It just yeah. happened they survive by you know devouring humans but the thing that the guess the the question like this is kind of the zombie world and whatever whoever makes up these rules i don't know but they say that the the, the person if you turn into a zombie you're dead right right so therefore if you're dead you don't have soul you don't have heart you don't have emotions you're just a, you're just like a, the quote-unquote zombie right you're like but you're giving a different twist on this i guess there was a movie I'll try to track it down before the podcast, but there was a movie in 2007, a Canadian movie that kind of showed this kind of perspective, but this is a really cool film. So congratulations. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I pre and I also, I also appreciate the festival because one of the things that your festival does that I think is really cool and more festivals should, should do is the feedback portion. You know, I when I submit, if you get turned down, you kind of want to know why. If you get accepted, you kind of want to know why. And so <laughs> hearing this feedback, and most of it was positive, uh, that was in the video you guys sent me, it made me feel really good because this this project was a struggle to make in a lot of ways. We didn't have enough time to shoot it. It was really yeah. low budget. It was this thing for next to nothing. And uh, there were times where we were like, oh, my God, are we going to be able to make something out of this? And then to hear such positive feedbacks like, yes, we did it. It just it feels so good. And I think other festivals, you know, the submission process should include this. And so I really love that about your festival. So the movie was Fido from it's a Canadian movie from 2006. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Uh, Billy Connolly uh, is plays plays Fido, plays the, the zombie in, the, in this kind of world, it's like the zombies are like the slaves to the to the to the suburban people, and then they kind of like he has heart and he has he finds an attachment towards one of the sons. But it's a to tone wise, it's a totally different film. It's just that it's just that it's showing it's the one film uh, example I give you where they showing the zombie perspective, I guess, right? I'll have to look it up. I haven't seen that one. And, Andrew uh, Curry directed it. Yeah, the name sounds familiar, but I haven't actually seen it. So I'll have to look that up because uh, when I got this script from my friend Mario, who was the co-writer on it, I just I'm reading it and I'm like, God, I haven't seen anything like this. And then the ending, especially, I don't know, you know, what Fido approaches, but the last page and a half of the script, I'd never seen anything like that. Oh. And I love the idea, you know, to me, it seems like if the zombies are going to be alive, I, I like to take a realistic approach to everything. Like I wrote a werewolf script a while back. And when I was talking to the effects people, because we were planning on making it before things happened that so it didn't get made. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, I was talking to the effects people and they asked me what I wanted to look like. And I said, think if a person actually turned into a werewolf, what would they look like? I wanted to feel like this could actually happen. And so when I think of zombies, if they're going to be walking around, I, I just don't feel like they would be mindless. There'd have to be a little bit of a spark of yeah. something in their brains that has come to life that allows them to walk around. And if that's there, then maybe there's still a spark of the, the some sort of emotion there and some sort of thinking there that they can't really control almost like you know somebody who's insane in a way so they're, they, they're that's the, what's their motivation to kill humans food food well that that was it to me yeah. i think of uh you know, you've always got to look at the other side of it. And, you know, you hear stories of dogs that attack uh, people because they're protecting their uh, their their owner or coyotes, um, you know, uh, attacking and killing uh domestic animals and it's like well that coyote doesn't know he's doing anything wrong he's just trying to survive that's food to him we do the same thing when we eat uh when we eat meat and so i saw this as the zombie's motivation was food he's just trying to survive and uh as much as we as humans should be like no we we're scared we gotta do whatever we can to survive ourselves you got to look at the other side and say, well, you know, that zombie, I mean, I don't have him out there killing people for no reason at all. You know, it's sustenance. It's uh, it's, it's they they need to survive. Yeah. And when you even when you watch Night of the Living Dead, you don't get the sense like they're just doing it to do it. You yeah. know, the original Night of the Living Dead, they're doing it and they're feeding on. They're not killing people and then walking away. They're killing people and then eating, you know, uh, what's left. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so weird to talk about this because it's so gross and disgusting, but it's yeah, no, it, it's it's part of the uh, you know, it's 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 like animals, right? They they you're so when when you're on survival mode, I guess what separates animals from humans is that most animals are on survivor mode. Humans were past survivor mode, so then we can have thoughts, we can have feelings, we can have figure out why we're here. But when you're like a zombie and you're in survival mode and you need to feed to survive, then you can't think about that. But then I guess in the ending of your film kind of alludes that maybe they're going to evolve just like the humans are. Yeah, I don't know if I if I was thinking that it would be they would evolve. You know, I just feel like it's almost like if you're a zombie, you're, you're a person and you're a person who's dead. So you're still going to have those little uh, elements of, of humanity left inside you. Yeah. You know, and so that's where I'm kind of going with the end is like, you know, there's still those uh, it may just be let's let's say 90 percent, you know, 90 percent of uh, of the brain activity is, uh, you know, just instinct like an animal. But you got that 10 percent where there's still that human quality left inside there. Yeah. That is what I was trying to bring out was, no, they're not they're not going to be humans. They're still going to be stumbling around. They're still going to be confused. Um, and, uh, you know, they can barely speak. If you if you listen closely, you'll hear them try to speak, but it's barely coming out. And um, it's it's more along the lines of, uh, you know, they're in survival mode, but there's still that little instinct yeah, in there. And exactly. that's, what, that, that's what appealed to me about the ending. Literally, when I read the script, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It's a zombie movie from the zombie perspective. And then the last page and a half, it's like, oh, no, this is something completely different. There's some humanity here. There's some there's some, uh, you know, real depth to yeah. 
to the zombie. And uh, and then we did some rewrites based on how I felt about that last page and a half until we got to where we, you know, we ended up. So curious. Okay, so you had uh, so Mario and and Jory are the credited writers, and yes. so someone came to you with this script. You're editor in the, in the industry. According to IMDb, you haven't made a film in a long time. So what what brought you back to the director's chair to make this film? It's weird because you're you're touching on something that's kind of really personal because um, I had written a werewolf script that everybody had loved, and I had. Uh, I had some letter of intent, uh, people, uh, actors who had signed on with letters of intent and all that. And then I kind of got screwed over by a couple of people. And we're past that. We don't want to talk about it because sure. we're past it. And um, so that that project, which I spent a lot of time on, uh, dropped. And when I say spent a lot, when I say spent a lot of time on it, is I've never done a business plan. So I read the books, I took the seminars, and I wrote a business plan, and I uh, created a whole video as a sales pitch, and I I wrote the script myself, and you know we I put a lot of work into it, and then when it's to see it fall uh, because of how I was treated by two people, it uh, it took me, and I just dropped out for two years i didn't want to work on my own stuff again because it, you get depressed i couldn't even yeah. look at that script anymore and then i started getting involved with other people and just working on their projects and putting their projects first and so mario has been a really great supporter of mine for a long time i met him when i cast him in a film called gourmet which uh, won the micro best micro short honor at the international horror and sci-fi film festival uh, we've been friends ever since, and uh, he would bring me stuff to edit, and he brings me this script, and I, it just, to me, became time where, okay, I've worked on enough other people's stuff enough, it's time for me to wake up, maybe I was kind of in zombie mode a little bit, it's time for me to wake up and start working on my own stuff, and so that's where this kind of came from, to the point where when it even looked like it was going to be impossible, because we were only going to have a day to shoot in that house because the reason we were able to put a hole in the wall was because the house was going to be uh, demolished. And uh, so we I was told we only had a day to shoot and this, that and the other thing. And as hard as it seemed like it was going to be, it was kind of like, no, I need to get up out of this funk uh, that happened with the werewolf script and uh, and start working on my own stuff again. And yeah. now it's been nonstop ever since. But that's why it took a little bit longer is also I just kind of dug deep into other people's stuff and i found myself concentrating on other people's stuff for the longest time yeah and but now we're in a totally different mode where uh we did this zombie movie it took a lot longer than we expected because of covid which really made it hard and uh and now we're working on uh i'm right at working with another writer on a feature we're just full force moving straight ahead no more looking back no more letting other people's projects get in my way um, I got two things in my life that I'm concentrating on. It's a, a website I do called Underexposed Cinematic Treasures and uh, and my feature film. And uh, well, congratulations. We're in, yeah, we're in total forward. Listen, your story, your story, what you just told, and thank you for your candor, is not, an un, unfortunately, not an uncommon story. Like a lot of people have gone gone through that where it's it's your baby, right? Like you're giving your baby and all of a sudden... It, it you think it's going to get made and you all have these high expectations and then kind of the industry people kind of fuck you over and then it's hard to get back up on the horse it's like it, something died inside of you in yeah, sense, if, right if we had uh more time i'd go through the process sure. of the world yeah. so people could actually learn from it yeah but 
it, it, it is kind of a story, but by the end of it, I had put my trust in people because when I, to. when I make a commitment to you, I have to come through. I don't believe in making a commitment to somebody and then, uh, and then walking away from a project for whatever the reason I made a commitment. And so when these people made a commitment to me and they did what they did, it really put me in a funk and it was actually, um, I belong to a filmmakers group and one of the members of the filmmakers group about two years after this, this werewolf thing fell through, came up to me and said, why are you letting those people win? Because by not moving forward with your own projects, they've kind of beat you. Yeah, That's when I started to move forward. And I started looking at some of the filmmakers that I've worked with over the last number of years and how they're willing to help me. The woman who's writing my feature is actually somebody I've, edited uh two projects for we're actually finishing something up right now uh mario's only uh my co uh the co-writer and co-producer on the dead that live he's always been uh by my side got my back kind of thing and uh once you start recognizing you know who you have on your side you can get out of that funk say screw you to everybody um in the business who's only out for themselves and uh and and hopefully move forward uh it's it's tough though it's a tough business and um i have a friend who says there's two there's two sides to the business there's the real jerks who will stab you in the back and don't care about anything that you uh, about you they're only in it for themselves and then there's the other side because there are the nice people who are willing to help you out and a lot of those people worked on my short you know, we were able to do it as cheaply as we were able to do it because a lot of the people worked for nothing. Um, I did yeah. trade outs with them. I said, I would edit for you for free if you do this for me for free. And a lot of them didn't even take me up on it. They just did the work for free and then never asked me to come in and edit for them. Yeah. So there is that side. You just have to find that group of people and surround yourself with them. And I'm starting to really recognize that over the last uh, year or so that uh, I don't have to put up with the, uh, the bull that the, the business can sometimes yeah. dish it's out. Working with good people. And that's what and everybody, that's the number one rule of this industry in a sense. Is yeah. That, uh, yeah. And it seems like you did it on this, this particular film. So yes, yeah, so you're back in the director's chair What's the process with this film? Very interesting directorial design, very interesting lighting. Obviously your, your visual effects is the team needs to be on their A game. So it's a pretty ambitious project. Like you said, you said you didn't have much of a budget. So how did you prepare for this particular film? Did you storyboard things? Like what was your preparation before you guys started shooting? Um, me and Mario, we really, as producers, we really planned it out uh pretty thoroughly and i storyboarded everything with like stick figures um i had a storyboard artist really good storyboard artist unfortunately um she had to go back to the east coast uh for uh, her mom was having some issues and um so i had to now i was stuck so i did little stick figure storyboards i had a shot list uh, we spent a week designing the house um which was a lot of fun because we got to like destroy the house and um, we spent weeks, uh, you know, working on this little seven page script, kind of reworking it. Uh, and we just made sure that we went in and we were completely prepared. But even that didn't necessarily help us because we got there 
and one of the lights uh, was inaccessible. We couldn't use it for particular reasons. And so uh, the DP had some issues lighting. Uh, the makeup guy who we had used once before was all excited coming on. He had created these really dark zombies, which made them hard to light. Um, and uh, and so the day went kind of slow. Um, I would say a page and a half of the script when uh, was immediately taken away we cut it out like uh, yeah. the stuff that happens inside the house but half only half of that was shot and i gotta be honest with you i think the movie really benefits from and i think if when we got in the editing room we might have cut it down anyway um there was going to be this uh massive closing shot of the zombies uh at a dinner table eating the uh eating the zombie hunter mm. um and we were going to pan past them to ultimately what is the final shot of the the movie and i'll let people see the movie to, to see yeah. that um but we couldn't shoot that shot we ran out of time um and so it was really really tough but my specialty in the editing room when i work with people is um i work on a lot of independent small independent projects where they come to you and they have very little footage and the goal is i've been doing this for years yeah. finding yeah. the film and the footage that you have and so you're that's what I film in post production. You know that that better than anybody, right? You're yeah, but this is it's it's a special case when they don't have enough footage yeah. because the audience cannot know that you didn't have enough footage. Yeah, it still yeah. needs to feel like a full thing for you. So I generally have conversations with the footage. My wife thinks I'm crazy because you know here I am having this conversation with the footage of my movie. I'm talking to my computer, yeah. and uh, you know how do you want to go together? How does this work? How does that work? Um, we uh and so very slowly you know the film kind of came together from something where it's like do we have anything because we don't even have our ending shot uh with the zombies at the table anymore and then you start reworking and you start to realize hey you know this could be better because it forces you to be creative and a lot of people when you get everything you need and all that if they're, they're no longer creative they just settle for what they originally planned but this forced me to be creative um i think the ending works so much better now because i think it works on an emotional level i know that uh mario really wishes we had gotten that shot but i look at it now and i'm like god it really works the way it works yeah. i don't know if that that last shot would have been cool but it wasn't really necessarily needed um, as with all the dialogue that the the uh, zombie hunter had, because we really in the script had him taunting the zombie, and uh, before uh, before the uh, the other zombie makes an appearance, um, I don't know if that works as strong as the script. Uh, there's other zombie making the appearance, but people seem to love it. So who am I to question? Um, and that's the other thing is I see all the little flaws in the movie that nobody else has seen. Sure, like course. the yeah. way the way it looks with the subdued kind of uh, uh, almost black and white look, but the colors are still there. Yeah. That came yeah. about because um, the way this DP shot it, he had shot it very blue, but yet it didn't look that way in his monitor. And we got the footage, it was very blue. And I think it's because I told him we were going to do that in post. We were going to add like a blue tint to it, yeah. but it just yeah. wasn't working. So in order to get that blue out, I had to bring a lot of the colors down and out. And so all I see is, man, I wish that, you know, I could have had more control over that. But even in your, your video, one guy says that he wishes I had gone completely black and white. And the only reason I didn't do that is because I tried and it didn't work. Um, but everybody else is telling me how they love the look of the film. Yeah. 
And I see how I originally. I love the look it. of the film. I love. Yeah, the look see, of the, it. exactly. And what do you think of the zombies? You love the look of the zombies, yeah. and they so were tell, tell me about tell me about the the visual effects people. Okay, so um, the zombie look was this guy Brian Stock, and I had met him when I had done a movie called Gourmet, uh, which was a cannibal kind of movie, um, and uh, he had designed for us the slab of meat uh, that was supposed to look like it came from a human being, and uh, and he was he was a lot of fun to work with, and so we asked him to come back on board. He was all excited, and he does zombies uh, every year at the. Uh, Queen Mary in Long Beach. They have a uh, a horror thing that happens on the this yeah. uh, down there, and he he does that every year. And so he came on board, and and the this is the strange thing is is the zombies weren't exactly what we asked for, but now I've got to give him credit because everybody loves the zombies, you know. Um, we had asked for something a little bit more subdued and now I'm thinking, well, maybe Brian was right by really kind of going all out with it because everybody loves the zombies, yeah. you know? And so yeah. you got to say, thank you. Thank you, Brian, for that. And he just came in and designed them on his own, uh, designed them on his own. They were a little bit hard to shoot because they were so dark, but ultimately the two things that I get the most compliments on or the three things I get compliments on the zombie hunter. They love, everybody loves him. I get complimented on, um, uh the look of the film which yeah, i was worried yeah. about and we get complimented on the zombies and so and and then of course the ending of the movie everybody falls into the end of the movie if they watch the uh comments uh the the feedback that you guys sent back everybody just loves the ending because they don't see it coming the no. biggest compliment i had i did the la horror uh film fest and a guy came up to me and said, I could see the endings of almost all of these horror movies that we're watching coming, yeah. but I didn't see yours coming. And that's that's a big compliment as well. So the process on uh, the zombie makeup was uh, Brian came in and he just sat them down and he made this makeup up. Uh, we did have some issues because we had put some stuff in their eyes and around their teeth and uh but it wasn't in every shot so sometimes the teeth looked really white so i had to go into color correction and you know gray them down um and then we have the gunshots the two shots that hit the wall we actually had a guy fire pellets at a wall yeah um but they didn't make the burn marks so we had to create those and then of course the blood when the when the bizarre, when the people are hit with the bullets we had a guy come in and and, and do that um I learned something about effects. I get additional effects because like the cracks in the house, I, I put those in myself and I had to learn because we were in COVID time and it was really hard to work with people yeah, when I'm yeah. in an office and they're else, <laughs> you know, you can't go into people's offices and work with them. Um, the blood that's coming out from underneath the zombie hunter that was added later. Um, we worked with a guy that's not that far away uh, from where I live, but we also worked with a guy in India um to get some of these effects um the the effect where the blood spurts and then lands on the woman's shoulder uh that was done in india um with a guy that i really liked so it was a process and covid made it really hard because um my sound designer my who also did the music uh he was great but it was hard working because he lives in sacramento i live in north hollywood it's a long distance when i hired him on he actually lived in uh, the Hollywood area so that we were going to work together really closely. But then when COVID happened, he moved back up to Sacramento. And so now we're doing it long distance and he's doing sound mix. He's sending it to me and I got to listen to it yeah. rather than sitting there and saying, hey, can you bring that up? Hey, can you uh, 
can you make that a little different? Hey, can the music do this? I have to wait till he does a cut and then send him a bunch of notes. And it just, it made for a hard process, but I'll tell you something. I'm glad I went through it because on the feature, a lot of the mistakes we made and a lot of learning we did, I'd rather do on a short film like this than on the feature we're going to make. Yeah. So then, yes, you had a pretty good crew. Uh, your, um, your cinematographer, David, he's, uh, I, I think I worked on as a production assistant on, on the film Driven. 20 plus years ago in, in Toronto. And he did second unit on that. He was a second unit cinematographer. I, uh -huh. I, did, I did a lot of the, 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 the locations on that on that film. So he won't remember me, but I, I remember like him 20 years ago. So when I saw that he was the, the your cinematographer, I kind of like had a little chuckle. So how was he worth to work with? Uh, he was interesting because um, I originally had somebody else in mind because uh, I have one DP that I work with over and over again, but she was unavailable. And so now I'm looking for uh, somebody and I belong to a filmmaking group that meets every Thursday. And uh, I had said, hey, I'm looking for someone. And he walked up to me and we had graduated from the same college, Columbia College in Chicago. Um, and uh, and so we kind of hit it off and uh, he was good to work with. He was under a lot of pressure. He was under um, when he got there. Um, he didn't bring any lights because we told him we had access to lights. And then when one of the big lights we couldn't access because uh, we couldn't find the extension cord, the proper extension cord that would plug it in. I don't don't know what happened. Um, he just kind of kicked into gear. And then when we started running out of time, uh, a couple of the shot uh choices were me and him just kind of sitting down okay we got these four shots and we don't have time to clear out all that stuff that would be in the background if we do the shot we want what do we do and so it was kind of easy to work with uh him in that regard um the the footage came out a little dark but that was more along the lines of just the situation we were in and once again everybody loves the way it looks so it ended up helping us in the long run um so we had some good communication. We beforehand, we talked it out like crazy. We uh, when we did auditions uh, um, and we did, uh, uh, you know, rehearsals, I should say, yeah. um, he came <laughs> to kind of see what was going on. Um, and, uh, and the things there were the one thing that was very last minute and he kind of incorporated himself into was the casting became a last minute situation because we had a cast and then people started dropping out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so when we would do, uh, rehearsals, uh, like when we did rehearsals of that scene, uh, between, uh, the male zombie and the female zombie, uh, he was there. And he was looking at it and like through a viewfinder's kind of mind. And uh, he showed up on set a couple of times to kind of, you know, uh, do some test stuff for us um, and and such. So he was a, he was a lot of fun to work with. Everybody was a lot of fun to work with. Um, there was some tension because when you're in a tight. Yeah. Basically, yeah. we made the movie for two thousand dollars. And every time I tell people that we made it for two thousand dollars and shot in one day, that to me seems to be the thing that surprises people the most. Yeah. Um, and well, you, you, you know what you're doing. You know what you know. You know what you're doing, and uh, it shows in the film. Is there a long? Is there a bigger? Um, I know you said you're working on something else, but is there like a longer feature story within the within this film? Like, is there a bigger story here? Um, I have a if uh, if a studio exec liked it and said, "Hey, pitch me something yeah. in this realm." I don't know if I have a bigger story within that this would be a scene in or maybe it could fit as a scene in yeah. but i do have a bigger story that takes uh 
that takes place from the zombies perspective. If I wanted to do a movie that from took the place from the zombies perspective, right. um, I do have that story in mind. It's it's another version of a of something that's been done before, but it would since it would be so totally taken from the zombies perspective. It's it's like they say all everything's been done before but nobody's ever done this in the perspective you know like you ever watch this tv show <laughs> the affair where like they have different perspectives yeah like Sean. uh it's sort of like the walking dead should have the zombie perspective right like yeah you know, the zombies it, are like these guys these humans they're like exactly. yeah <laughs> exactly i hope somebody doesn't take that idea but uh, but yeah no if somebody came to me i have an idea to pitch it's it's my own idea it's not something that came from mario uh yeah. Or, or anything like that. But uh, I, I thought about it, you know, once if people want a larger story with this, and I just thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, there's this, this, this story uh, that's been done before. Uh, but man, it would be so cool to do it from a zombie's perspective. It's yeah. not a zombie story either. You'd be sticking a zombie into the story. And, um, and, and it just would be so interesting. So I definitely, definitely have an idea to pitch for that i don't know if it's uh thoroughly thought out in my head yet but i definitely have a pitch for it okay so I'm before we even tell people about your website i didn't i don't know about this website you said you work for something uh, i um i i got uh i decided i wanted to do a movie review website i what's it called what's your website type? what's your call it's called underexposed cinematic treasures and it's at underexposed cinematic treasures.com if you go to uh facebook you can just put in underexposed cinematic treasures you'll see the facebook group yeah. and basically um i wanted to do a 100 positive website on movies so i decided i was going to do recommendations for movies that are either unseen underseen um or forgotten Movies that I love that whenever I say to somebody, have you seen this movie? And they'll say, no, I've never heard of it. Or, or no, that looks stupid. And I'm like, God, you got to see this movie because not enough people have seen this movie. I'm on your website now. The first thing film I see is Warrior. Nobody uh -huh. saw the film. It's about um, uh, ultimate fighting, which is interesting. But nobody saw the film. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie gavin o'connor directed it so i'm you you've already got me sold because I, I remember i remember getting like press passes to this film there was like five people in the cinema nobody cared about this film it was gonna bomb it's, and i'm like it's it's a great film it's fantastic and when people talk about sports movies you know i understand the love for rocky i love rocky yeah. too but this Brothers, uh, warrior is just amazing warrior's just amazing and it nobody went and saw it there's a movie on my website called Duma, which literally nobody's ever even heard of. And it's by um, blanking on the director, uh, the guy who did Black Beauty. I think he did um, Carol Ballard. Back to the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is an absolute. It, this movie, Duma, is like fantastic. And then you look back at the history on why the studios didn't push it because they didn't think kids would like it. And I remember I saw it in theaters and there were like 10 kids in the theater with me with their one adult who took them and they were glued to the screen. And sometimes I just don't think the studios know what they have. They don't push the right movies or audiences. They don't they'll complain there's not enough good kids movies and then they'll ignore them when they come out to go to the big flashy films. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the big flashy film. I love the Marvel movies just as much as anybody else. But there's these other movies out there as well. And so that's what the website is. Oh, cool. I like it. Um, yeah, you got Wolf One False Movie. That was a pretty popular film. Uh, Running on Empty. I remember that film. That was a pretty good film because it's about the, one, uh, one False Move made under $2 million. In the oh, really? Because I guess because of Billy Bob, it kind of people brought it back because he became, he became famous, I guess, right? 
yeah, I yeah. The, I remember that's the one where they, the the parents bomb the the bomb the animal, whatever the the some so they bomb something and they're on the run and basically River Phoenix is in it and like he they're on the run yeah. with the family, I guess, right? Yeah, that's running on empty, and that's yeah. you know, big name director Sidney Lumet, but. I don't know of anybody who's seen it. I saw, I, I seen the film. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting because it was like, uh, Judd, yeah. And the parents just are focused on their, on their ideology. Right. And they, they're on the run with their kids. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it's weird because River Phoenix was nominated for a best supporting actor Academy award yeah. when he's the lead actor. He's in the lead, the yeah. The kids, <laughs> that's what they do. Right. Well, six cents, right. Like he's, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's him and, and him and Martha Plimpton, they play off each other really, really well. And it's yeah. just a fantastic film. Any, I don't. I'm not posting anything on there that I don't recommend. It doesn't have to be. Oh my God, it's a great movie. It just has to be. Even if it's a good movie, but not enough people have seen it. Yeah. You know. You know. The last one that I posted is uh, was the reboot of Pete's Dragon. How many Disney reboots have we watched that have been pointless and just a waste of time, like Aladdin and and uh, uh, the Lion King? You come out of that, and you're like, well, I could have just watched the animated one. I don't understand the point. <laughs> And then the Peach Dragon comes out. It's by this director, David Lowry, and it's fantastic. And nobody goes and sees it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All right, man, you're on. You're on the roll. I keep up the positive vibes. Uh, This is a great short film that you guys made, and uh, let's hopefully we can talk again when you make your next film. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, It's it's not a horror film. It's it's more of a thriller, but uh, but it'll fit right in with your. with your thing and i'll definitely submit it when it's done because i love the feedback aspect of the horror festival i can't push that enough and when i was at the la horror film fest i told them about your festival i'm like you guys should do this you know no, really... don't don't tell them that yeah, I'm <laughs> more more festivals should do it it's it was it's it makes you feel good and it's also helpful good. you know yeah. especially if you get turned down don't you want to know why i got turned down yeah exactly you know <laughs> so right. it's a great great you, i'm gonna tell you one thing off the bat while we're still recording most people don't know what don't want to know the quantum feedback when the, the rejected films probably about 80 percent of the filmmakers don't want those notes really yeah i think those notes would be more important oh my god some of them i want i'm dying to give to them you know what the, one of the biggest issues is editing post-production and po- po- editing like they're the, the movie's the, too long Plot points are too long and basically the film's too long and the sound design's terrible. I have a guy that I hand my all my scripts and all my shorts to and I don't consider my film locked until he tells me so because he is so honest and he is he's amazing because he will tear into it. But I know he's not doing it to do it. He's doing it so I can make a better film. And it's it's unbelievable how helpful that is. Basically, what I'm saying is that if people send in like a lot of these films can get fixed. It's like it just needs a new, 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 new eyes and new, a new sound design. But people don't want to hear I've the feedback. To, I've been to film festivals, and the one problem is generally the movie's too long. If you cut three minutes out of it, you're those moving. are the films that get accepted. Imagine the films that don't get accepted. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of them. I've been forced to work on them, or where I'll be like, "Can we cut a minute out of this?" Oh no, it's perfect the way it is. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they 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 fall in love with their their own uh, the, themselves sometimes. Anyways, yeah, man, yeah. great talking to you, and I'll we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.